Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage show. Where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about the feelings and challenges of loneliness within marriage. And Mother Teresa had this to say about loneliness. The most terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. Mm. And I would say nowhere is that more true than in marriage. And that's why we're Mm -hmm. doing this show today. But first, we start each show with a hug. And a hug is an opportunity for you to hear from someone else in the one family whose marriage has experienced transformation. And this week's hug is brought to you by Figs. And the way this company is dressing the medical industry is incredible. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about them later in the show. The hug comes from an Instagram message that we received that starts off saying, my husband and I are newlyweds, eight months married, and have found ourselves deep in the roommate syndrome. Wow. And we never knew what to call it. All we knew was that we never had sex and we felt like just great friends and nothing more. Mm. I found your roommate syndrome episode number 473 last week. And today we finally sat down, let out our raw emotions and have begun the step towards healing through your wise words. Mm. While we had to wait for our honeymoon, we finally leave to Cabo San Lucas this coming Wednesday for a week and have decided to start the seven days of sex challenge on Monday. There you go. We're both extremely excited and I've downloaded tons of the eBooks as well as your other guides. I just wanted to send you guys a message to let you know how thankful I am for your devoted work to help people heal marriages that may not necessarily be broken. We've gone to a marriage sex council before and it felt very robotic and cookie cutter and I feel like it drove us further away. I've never been so excited to be intimate with my husband before and I seriously can't thank you guys enough. This is exactly what our marriage needed. I'll have an update for you on how it went in about two weeks. Love it. Oh my gosh. Come on. Oh my gosh. Let's go. There you go. So excited for this couple and what they're going to be experiencing in their marriage. And, and as we transition into the show today, you know, this is a topic that is actually really hard to bring up. It's a topic that seems to have a lot of causes, but not necessarily a lot of solutions. As as I was preparing for the show, started looking for, you know, marriage and and loneliness and, and found all of these sites that acknowledge the fact that loneliness and marriage exists. True. There are no shortage of sites. I would say we've been there ourselves in the 22 years of marriage. Yes, we have. It's part of the reason why we're talking about it now. Uh, But there's no shortage of sites that will say, yes, this exists. Mm -hmm. In in fact, there are some sites out there that will go and say, actually, loneliness in marriage is, is actually more common than anybody wants to talk about. But, you know, one of the frustrating things that I found was, A, there didn't seem to be a lot of solutions out there and B, they were all written for the person who's feeling lonely in the marriage, right? Cause they'd be the ones going and looking for it. So it's not mm-hmm. necessarily like, okay, if you're the one, you know, bringing the loneliness into your marriage, if you're the one that's creating this, here's what you have to do. Cause those people aren't looking for answers. 
and it's for the person who is feeling that loneliness, that isolation, that is what you're saying there. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and so this idea of loneliness, um, first, I, I need to actually put a definition out there because I think sometimes we'll, we'll go around and we're saying, you know, I feel lonely and it's just the sort of like surface, you know, kind of like, Oh, I mean, you feel it deeply, but there's no real like understanding Mm-hmm. of what that may look like. And so loneliness, as I was researching for the show, is defined as the distressing experience. And I thought that was a really key word, that it actually does cause distress that occurs when one's social relationships are to be, are perceived to be less in quantity and especially in quality than desired. So it's this distressing experience when the quality is not what you desire. And I would say that's going to be different for every individual, right? Because it, it, it's also the perception mm-hmm. that the quantity and especially the quality is less than desired. So you may feel lonely in our marriage because of your perception where I may not because I'm okay with where we're at. Because my perceived quantity and quality isn't less than desired. It's, it's at a an okay level or an above level. So we have to understand you, you have two people in marriage right? and your loneliness and theirs is on a scale depending upon yourself. And that's actually part of the challenge correct? because one spouse may be like, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And the other one says, we haven't had a conversation in years. We haven't had sex in years. Mm-hmm. We, we don't do anything together. And so for you that's saying, well, this isn't a problem for us, I, I want to just start off the show saying, if it's a problem for your spouse, it's something that needs to be addressed. Because if they're feeling lonely, there's something going on in the dynamic between the two of you. Yeah. And that's, that's key there. It is a dynamic between the two of you. It is something that, that you as a couple have created. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is that 94% of those in the one family that's pretty darn close to 100. 94% of you in the one family have responded and said that at some point in time, you did experience loneliness in your marriage. Mm-hmm. And we've been there. Tony and I do not get behind these microphones and they're like, yeah, well, you know what? It's been, it's been rainbows and unicorns and we've just been so blissfully happy from the day that we said our I do. Mm-hmm. I-, I wish... I wish I could say that, but the reality is, is that in 22, almost 23 years of marriage, there have been some pretty extreme seasons of loneliness. Um, Can you think of a time when both of us went through that season? Because I think, you know, as we, we look at this together and we can share sometimes, like maybe if you can share one time for you and I can share one for myself, but I'm also thinking about, have there been a t- has there been a time in our marriage when we both were at that spot? Uh, my guess and you'll have to chime in because obviously you asked for my mm-hmm. opinion. My guess is that when Andrew died mm-hmm. and we were both grieving, but grieving in such different ways, mm-hmm. I, I know I felt completely by myself. Yeah. I would agree with that too. You know, that's the, actually even that ha- thought hadn't even pr- um, come to mind when I was preparing the show. But as you ask that question, the loss of a child can actually create just such a depth of loneliness because everybody grieves differently. And I've shared this before as we've talked about Andrew's death, Tony and I grieved so differently and we're dealing with our own things mm-hmm. that we, and at the time we didn't have help. We didn't know that we should get help. We didn't know any of that. And so it was just literally like, two, like, you know, the hug that I read roommates, 
two people that happen to share the same space and literally nothing else. Yeah. And I can recall a time, definitely during the Great Recession, Mm. feeling a deep sense of loneliness and not being able to share with you or anyone else what I was going through. Mm -hmm. And I I remember that. And and what really pops into my mind when I think about that time was the the despair, Mm -hmm. that word that came up there, that despair that I felt every morning when I had to wake up. Mm -hmm. Because the quality and the quantity of our time together it wasn't there. And so there was this this longing, not only for being able to get out there and do what I know I needed to be doing, but you and I, there just was this disconnect. Mm-hmm. And that loneliness on top of the business situation, I think got me into a place where I was just like, I was out in left field. I mean, I was alone. I was in a dark place. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, I remember when our kids were young and you would you would choose to ride your bike mm-hmm. a lot. Well, we've shared that a lot on the show a in, lot. The early, in the earlier episodes. Yeah. And just like, you know, I'd get to, I'd get to Friday and I'd be like, you know, on one hand I'm like, yay, it's the weekend. Reinforcements are around for the next 48 hours. I've got another adult in the house. And then he's like, yeah, I'm going to go do 150 miles tomorrow. And for those of you that don't know, that's the equivalent of about what, eight hours that you'd be gone give or take? Mm, 150, about 10. Okay. 10 hours. See, I was trying to be nice. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it, but it would be, it'd, it'd be 10 hours on the bike, but then there's all the prep time before and then the downtime afterwards. So, I mean, you're talking. The day was gone. The day and the next day just recovering again was, it was gone. And, and I would say for me, loneliness early on in our marriage. Now this wasn't like the the great recession. This was more the we're disconnected, mm-hmm. loneliness. The, I, I thought we were getting married to be one, to, to experience a joy and a happiness that I wouldn't have by myself. Mm-hmm. And when I was in those places, I turned to pornography. Mm-hmm. And I've shared my story of how I, I overcame pornography. And yet prior to that, my loneliness drove me to that because there was a sense of of excitement. There was a sense of joy there. There was a sense of like, there's something more because there was no talking. There was no touch between Elisa and I. And so loneliness, I think can manifest itself in different ways. Mm -hmm. Somebody could start drinking and we've done a show, alcohol and your marriage, you know, lonely, you're you're lonely. You're, You're at home by yourself. Maybe you're working split shifts. Maybe you're a stay at home parent. I don't know what it is, but also realize how is your loneliness manifesting itself? It could be towards pornography. It could be going towards an emotional affair. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but there's this underlying current of loneliness, this quality and quantity with your spouse that's showing itself up. Mm-hmm. And maybe sometimes you got to point to that to go, oh, this is what I'm really feeling right now. Right. Because it's not just the loneliness. It's, it's how does this, you know, impact you, right? It impacts your health. Like Tony said, you know, when he was feeling lonely, he started making really poor choices in regards to pornography. It's the, you know, for some people it goes to alcoholism. It can be, you can feel just the increase in stress. You can, you know, be in this place where you're feeling depressed. You can have health ramifications of cardiovascular disease and stroke. And you're like, well, I'm just, I'm feeling lonely. Like, what do you mean? Well, because your body 
body takes in all of that. You know, another one decreased memory and mm-hmm. learning. And I, and you bring, and, and I saw that in our notes here and I go, oh my goodness, there was a time when I felt like I was in my mid thirties or so, wherever that, that time period was. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. mid thirties. Um, I felt like I couldn't remember anything. Mm. Just such a, like my mind was constantly, something would be in there and I knew I had to remember it. And honestly, a blink of an eye and I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, the reality is, is it doesn't matter if it lasts a day or two or sometimes the season lasts for years. I mean, in the one family, we, when I asked how long has the season lasted in your marriage, I mean, there were, there were comments that said, you know, just a day or two, you know, a couple of days to, you know, up into decades, like 20 years. But on average in the family, it's about 14 months. Mm. That's over a year, Mm -hmm. just in case you needed a little math help this morning when you're listening to the show. And it's a number of different things that cause the loneliness, right? It isn't just like, well, this is the one thing that always causes loneliness in marriage. But you shared with us that for some of you, it was being pregnant, right? You're, You're in that state, maybe you're not connecting physically. And so there's just this growing disconnect, having kids, parenting, all of the kids stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, it it definitely can cause a disconnect because everything gets focused on those little human beings in your life, or in our case, they're not so little, but they are extra people Mm -hmm. around. And so you, you focus on that and you forget the other person, you forget the other adult, you forget your spouse. There are resentments and hurts that have not, not been brought to light. They have not gone through a healing process. Many of you are military and we love our military and we're so grateful for you. But we know that those deployments bring a season of loneliness to your marriage. You all mentioned alcoholism and different addictions, including pornography. You've mentioned the fact that that there's a season of loneliness that happens when you feel overwhelmed or depressed or when there's been an affair, be it emotional or physical, there's a loneliness in your marriage. Some of you mentioned opposite work schedules, right? Because you're working, you know, somebody's working day shifts and somebody's working night shifts and literally you are two ships passing in the night. You're just like, oh yeah, hey, you know, like, like you pass in the bathroom or you pass in the garage when mm-hmm. one of you is driving in and one of you is driving out and really that's not an exhaustive list. But I want you to think about that list in terms of how we're navigating our marriages, mm-hmm. right? Are you in a season right now where any of those things or even something else is contributing to the disconnect that you're experiencing to that sense of that, that distressing experience? Have you heard your spouse say that they feel lonely? Now, this is where we're going back from the beginning of the episode where most folks who are searching for loneliness in marriage is the person who is. Mm-hmm. This is you, the one who's not lonely, the one who has joy and is fine and everything is great and you think everything, maybe it's not all great and yet it's going well. You don't see anything, but have you heard your spouse express that they feel lonely, that they feel isolated, that they don't have any friends? Maybe some of those key words that you need to, you know, go, oh, something's up. Mm-hmm. And for some of you, this may actually be the show that you share with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Because you've been trying to find the way to say, you know what, I feel really sad about the direction that we're going. We haven't touched. We haven't had sex. We haven't had a conversation. We haven't gone on a date. And I can't remember how long. And, and I want to know who you are, but I feel disconnected. You may choose to say, hey, would you just listen to this? 
And would you say, and and I'm as we think about this, I mean, I, I would assume that there are going to be different degrees of loneliness that we experience. Sure. You, you know, you know what I'm saying, and and I just want folks to realize that there are different degrees of loneliness. I mean, I can feel some loneliness week in and week out. It, it's not debilitating. Mm-hmm. It's just a sense of like. Oh man, like I, maybe I'm thinking of something and it just, it comes across my mind, right? Well, and I think that's where, you know, in the definition that I read um, or shared at the beginning of the show, when it talks about that distressing experience, okay, you know, sometimes I would say sometimes I feel lonely, but it doesn't distress me. And then there are other times when I'm like, dude, we have got to spend some time together because we've had X, Y, and Z going on. And I just uh, like, it's actually causing me stress. That you and I have not done something together. And I think, you know, we can use the word lonely or loneliness in all those places, but the place where it becomes, like Tony said, debilitating or distressing. Okay. And that's what I think we just want to make sure that we, we're, we're hitting on here and letting those of you in the one family understand is that as we look at this, this isn't a, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little lonely here, like I was sharing, you know, because mm-hmm. there, there are times when you're going to go through that. You right. know what I mean? You, oh, gosh, you know what I... I He's got I, that work project and, I, and you know, he's got to work late three nights in a row and I've got to put the kids. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, I get it, but that's probably not chronic. Right. We're really looking at that distressing experience that that is occurring. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, not a single one of us got married to feel like we were lonely. We didn't. I, nobody stands up in front of, you know, the the pastor and their family and friends or at the courthouse and says, okay, you know what? I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And like, we're going to walk out of here and then you're going to do your own thing and I'm going to do my own thing. And that that's what the, you know, the next 50 years is going to look like. No one does that. Mm-mm. They don't. I mean, that's why, why go through, why go through the summer? If, if you're in this place, right there are a couple things one is that it's time to take action right you've been i mean on average 14 months that this has been happening or or could potentially happen mm-hmm. right it's also the fact that there's no overnight cure you know so many people and i think maybe that's why when i was searching that i couldn't find solutions because everybody wants the easy button everybody wants to you know be like on the staple commercial and push that easy button and be like we're fixed mhm all good. Like it just, just take steps X, Y, and Z one, two, three, and then, you know, click your heels and, and sprinkle fairy dust over it. And the loneliness will be gone. And the truth is, is that it was a process getting to this place in your marriage where the loneliness was distressing, mm-hmm. where the loneliness was pervasive. It's not going to be a quick cure to fix it, but we do want to talk about those steps that you can take to move out of a season of loneliness. We're not curing loneliness today, guys. We're not. But before we do that, we do want to thank this week's sponsor, Figs. And the truth of the matter is, is that we can all agree that nurses, doctors, dentists, and other medical professionals are pretty awesome. I think we've all had that experience. I would agree. Somebody has taken care of us and we're like, thank you. But sometimes the scrubs that they wear don't make them feel as amazing or as important as they are. And Fix is a company that is making scrubs both stylish and functional for the people who deserve it most. No more ugly and uncomfortable scrubs. Now you can wear scrubs that are fashionable and have places to hold all your incredible life-saving tools. In Fig scrubs, medical professionals can look their best, feel their best, and perform their best every day. 
And the company is more than just scrubs. I mean, you guys know Tony and I are not in the medical field. Nope. We're not. But I love my essential hoodie because it's so comfortable. And I can just tell that the quality of the material is like next level. Yeah. And I, I totally love my super soft underscrub t-shirt. I mean, it's just a perfect just undershirt and a shirt that I just wear out. And really, it's so soft that I can't keep my hands off. So that's which I always love. That's a little added bonus. So whether you're one of the awesome humans that works in healthcare or someone that wants to say say thank you to these deserving folks, Fix is going to make that so easy for you by providing you with a fifteen percent off your first purchase by using code one. So get ready to love your scrubs. Head to wearfigs.com. That's W E A R F I G S dot com and enter code one at checkout. So as I said, just a couple minutes ago, part of the challenge with solving this problem is that you got to know where you're at, right? Mm -hmm. And what's causing it. And when did it start? And can I say something here? This may not be you right now. This may not be you. It may not even be your spouse. And yet you're in a women's group, Mm -hmm. guys, you're in your men's group, you're hanging out, you're doing your thing. This is the time where we, as the one family, we don't just sit back and go, well, that's not me. No, no, this is the time that we share Mm -hmm. and we reach out to that person that we know is having some issues. Don't, don't just go, ah, this isn't me. So I'm not going to sweat it. Be prepared, be prepared. Listen, because you may run across somebody at your prayer group. You may run across somebody at work. You may run across somebody at the gym. I don't know where they're at, but they may they may start sharing something with you. And this is where you're able to be somebody who can impact one person that impacts a marriage, that impacts a community. The, the family, any family, we take care of our own, right? We take care of the people that we come in contact with. We take care of those people that need a little something extra. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's why doing shows like this matter so much because we need to, we all need to be a catalyst in somebody's life. We, we all, we'll all have opportunities to be a lifeline. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what that show was that, that had the lifelines, right? And the truth is this show may actually be a lifeline for somebody. And you're going to have an encounter. You're going to have an opportunity if it doesn't pertain to you to go, oh, wait, you're mentioning that. I heard this show. Uh, take a listen. Yep. Because for those people that are dealing with loneliness, it starts with saying, okay, wh- why aren't we engaged with one another? What, what's, what needs to be healed? Remember I talked about those resentments and hurts. If that's where this is coming from, then, then what needs to be healed? And, and don't just think it's going to just resolve itself over time. If it's creating a season of loneliness, time is not going to heal this wound. Action is going to heal this wound. You know, what, what are the objections that you've been receiving in order to combat the loneliness, right? Like you may tell your spouse, I feel lonely and they'll come back with, we're fine. Okay. Then we need to, you may need to start getting help, right? I can't tell you how many people come to coaching because they're feeling loneliness or there's a disconnect in their marriage and they start when their spouse isn't even ready. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they got stuff they're dealing with. So deal with it. Don't be afraid of doing this. Don't be afraid of saying, you know what? I'm going to take action. I'm tired of being sick and tired. What is it? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's right. right. When, when we asked, when we started the show prep and we asked you guys, you know, what did you need most? 
So many of you said things like understanding or emotional connection or touch or time, attention, feeling like a priority, affection and acknowledgement. And the truth is, is that if you look at that list, there's no one size fits all. Oh, you know, just do this and, and do it consistently for 30 days and you'll be all better. And often my coaching clients, and you've even heard me say it on the show, we've talked about baby steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Baby steps like, you know, start doing date nights. Right. Which, you know, I, my need is that I want to spend more time with you. And so, you know, everything that you look at out there on websites and stuff will say, go on a date night. And we've talked about that here many a times. Truth. The reality is, is that if you're feeling disconnect, the idea of uh, feeling loneliness, the idea of a two hour date can terrify both of you. Mm-hmm. So don't make it a two hour date. Do you know how often I tell cl- coaching clients to just go grab an ice cream cone together? First of all, ice cream is fun, right? So do something fun. Uh, you can people watch. And most of the time, especially during summer, it takes you about seven minutes to eat an ice cream cone. Right? I'm not asking you to spend two hours together. Start with 20 minutes. That's what I realized when preparing the show is we need to think in terms, not just of baby steps, but of micro baby steps, right? Like we're going to like drill these things down super tiny and take that first step. So for me in, in hindsight, and this is, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. something I should have been doing was getting out, being physical, being active in, in an area. And I notice this in my life too. It's like, when I get into these places that I don't want to be physical, mm. you know, even just on a walk, there, there's something, there's something up, you know what I mean? And, and so even if it means like, Hey, you're not going for an hour long walk together. Maybe you're just going for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, but it's that first little step that gets you out of the front door and gets you moving. Absolutely. You may have the need to be acknowledged right? The baby step may be like, I want you to greet me every time I walk in the door. Well, if you're not doing that at all, then, you know, think about it. If you come home from work five days a week and, you know, that's a lot, that may be a lot to ask in this season, but to ask, you know what, can you just acknowledge me one day a week? And I don't care if it's always on Mondays, but that sense of I'm going to walk in the door and someone's going to be there to greet me, to bridge this gap. Again, micro steps. We can't be as much as we would love to literally, what's that thing? They have like um, couch to couch to marathon or couch to 5K, I think is the... Yeah, it's like a potato couch. Yeah, I think it's couch, couch potato to, to 5K. No, I think it's couch to 5K now. Okay, they shortened it, right? You know, we, so many people want to be like, oh, I'm going to run a 5K. I'm like, I'm just going to go out and do it. Well, I love that there's a program that actually trains you to do it in incremental steps. Why? Because most of us that are couch potatoes would not just immediately get up and be like, I mean, you could probably, it's 3.2 miles. You could at least walk it, but to run it. Maybe some people can't, you know, that's, that's a big hurdle if you've never done it. So to jump out one day and just be like, Hey, I'm going to do a 3.2 miler. You know, that's why couch to 5k is, has been such a success is because it is that here's day one. And I forget what the time frame is, but we make it to 3.2 miles. Mm-hmm. Same concept in marriage. Couch to 5K is so successful in the fitness world because it's incremental. It's not just couch to 5K. Okay, here's day you know zero. Go do your 5K. It is all those incremental steps. Same thing in overcoming loneliness. 
It may be that you do the the 20 minute date. It may be that you say, hey, instead of acknowledge me, like I'd love for you to acknowledge me every time I walk in the door. But I right now I'd love it to be once a week. Mm-hmm. It may be I'd love for us to be able to have, you know, sit down and, and have this emotional connection and, and be able to, you know, have a conversation like an hour long conversation once a week. But to start, let's do five minutes without our phones in front of our face. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about a micro baby step? And I would say something huge is gratitude, mm-hmm. thankfulness, being able to wake up and go, I am thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my spouse. I'm thankful for the home we live in. I'm thankful for the, the job I do have. There, there's there's a, a sense of excitement, joy, instead of despair and distress. And it, it's crazy what ends up happening. Elise and I, at the beginning of this year, we did Miracle Morning. Was wow. It? Has it ever, was it this year? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, we did it for like two or three months. Okay. And I'll put a link to that book here in the episode notes for you guys. But Miracle Morning was an amazing piece. For me, it, it really helped me during that time to go, wow, what can happen with these six little steps each day? And each one I was doing for like five minutes. It wasn't anything crazy. And, and I and I changed them up. So it was about a 30-minute time part of my time of my day. And it was amazing what ended up happening. Cause one of those parts was journaling and the gratitude. And, and I remember just being in that. And as I'm speaking, I'm like, man, I got to get back into that because what a place that I was in when I was just going like, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. I'm so appreciative of what I do have around me and what Elisa does do for me when I, when I don't even think about it. Mm. And lastly, I'm going to say is you got to go to prayer. You got to go to prayer. And this isn't about religion. This is about a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I know that at times when it's like this, it's hard because you're like, is he even there? And all I can say is continue to pray, continue to press in, continue to declare breakthrough in your life. And like Lisa said earlier on, it doesn't happen with the snap of a finger. It can, because we believe in miracles and we've seen numerous miracles happen here in the one family and those around us. And so I believe that shift that can happen when you're in prayer, when you're walking and you're in prayer, when you're in your, you're journaling and you're in prayer, things begin to shift and it takes you out of that place of despair, distress, and you can, and you can come alive again. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no quick fix. There's no easy cure for loneliness. One of, one of the last things that I want to encourage you is don't isolate yourself in the season of loneliness. It's super easy when you feel disconnected mm-hmm. from your spouse to just kind of, you know, if you were a turtle, you'd just like pull yourself into your shell and just be like, you know what? I, I, I'm just, I'm not going to engage with anyone. And the truth is, is that there are people out there who love you and who care about you and who will come alongside of you in this season of your marriage. But here's the thing. If you don't tell them that something's going on, they won't know. So you have to, you have to have the courage as hard as it is in this season. You have to have the courage to say, you know what? I'm in a tough place. Will you have coffee with me? Will you go for a walk with me? Can we just hang out and watch a movie? You know, it doesn't even have to be anything crazy. But find other people, and a little caveat on that, 
same sex. Mm-hmm. Right, a little caveat. And healthy, and healthy people too. Don't don't find somebody who else is in the same place and try to work yourselves out of it together. Because right. sometimes that that just doesn't that doesn't do you any good and doesn't do them any good. Right. D- don't fall into the misery loves company. Find those people who are healthy. Let them know what's going on, and ask them to walk alongside of you. Because loneliness, loneliness can be overcome, but you have to equip yourself. It's no easy fix, but we've seen countless marriages where this has changed and your marriage can have it change too. Yeah. All right, you guys. Heavy topic today. And yet we're believing for those of you who may be in this season right now, this is going to give you that little spark. For those of you who may see your spouse who's in this spot right now is going to give you a spark. For those of you who may have seen somebody in your workplace, in your church, in your prayer group, in your men's group, women's group, what wherever it may be, a barista that you know needs this, share it with them. We don't need people to to be walking around lonely. We need you to be a light in this world. And to do that means that you got to get healthy and also help others. We love you guys. We're excited to see you step, even if that's a little micro step this week, towards a place of not feeling the despair of loneliness. We love you guys, and we will catch you next week. Love you guys.